good everybody it is jet black extreme with another episode of the zone podcast this will be part two of our previous episode with mortal Kombat, demon slayer mugen train falcon and soldier and wandavision with a few more announcements with two different voices this episode now without further ado let's get into it uh join us today is the usual two we got Human C-137, how are you doing today? I may look like shit and feel like shit, but that must mean I am the shit, so I'm great. <laughs> awesome. And, um, Kokigasu, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi. Welcome to the show. good. chilling. We're definitely excited to see what we got Gotcha. Uh, you're fading out, by the way. Now, um, like I said, let's go ahead and get into this episode, Mortal Kombat. Now, okay, I watched this movie, and I want to say I have mixed feelings. On one hand, I do like some of the references, like the flawless victories, the fatalities, some of the characters um, coming back into the fold. But then again, there's just some things about this movie that I just didn't like. Uh, for starters, it it deviated from the lore of the video games so bad that, oh my God. Like I, I was telling a friend of mine that to compare Mortal Kombat with the live-action Avatar or the live-action Dragon Ball, I'm like, mm, it's not that terrible, but it does feel that way. It's like, it kind of feels like, um, oh, God, I got a poor connection. Uh, I'm going to work with that. It kind of feels like if you're really into Mortal Kombat, you are not going to enjoy this movie. Like, that's that's the thing right there because yeah, you know also the actual storyline and the lore of well, the game. Well, one of the things I will mention when they did the trailer for the movie, like even they did the analysis and everything for it, they said it's not going to be the Mortal Kombat that we know. They did say it was going to be very different than what you than what was on Mortal Kombat. So. I went in already expecting the fact that it was not going to be the Mortal Kombat that we know because they already said it was not going to be. So I was like, okay, let me not think that they're going to maintain Mortal Kombat lore. They're going to change up a lot of stuff. I was already expecting that. Now, I do still agree with you, though, on the fact that, yeah, some of the changes that was made weren't the best. I mean, yeah, it could have been a heck of a lot better. Like you said, the references were good. I mean, the references were pretty decent. But I, I definitely got my own little pick states into that. <laughs> <laughs> now, my thing is, nothing wrong with changes. Like, how, that's how I feel about the Marvel movies, the DC movies, pretty much anything that's been adapted from another adaptation. Um, my only thing is, I'm learning that, first of all, I can't be too altruistic about things like I'm learning the hard way that even though having altruism is good you know you like to see the good in things at the same time 
when you're doing reviews like this, uh, it's best to be impartial. And altruism is just a nice way of being biased to something on a positive note. But uh, I had to be impartial with Mortal Kombat and say that even though some of the changes are okay, it got to work, though. Like, it, it got to make sense to me. Like, uh, the whole thing with the marks, for instance, like, oh, you're either born with one or you have to kill somebody who has one. And I'm like, the fuck? I mean, I feel and, like that's... Uh, yeah, and the weird part was... I like how Cole had a mark, but Liu Kang doesn't. What? Um. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty. That was pretty off. Who was actually that. character in the game series didn't have one. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this is throwing me way the hell off. Unless in the second Mortal Kombat, which been announced, they're gonna be like, okay, Liu Kang killed somebody. Now he's part of Mortal Kombat. I was like. Okay. They, ne- they never explained about Hanzo Hasashi's. The only thing about it was is the fact, I mean, obviously we understand Sub-Zero got his from killing Hanzo. So mm-hmm. we, we already understand that aspect because we saw the mark fade from Hanzo and we saw like, you know, Bihan having his own, like being able to have his powers like increase even more, obviously based upon this mark. Which I will say, that's probably one of the first things I did notice about this is the fact that Sub-Zero fucking became S death from Akami got killed. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa, hold up. Sub Zero was epic before, but I, oh my God, you just made this dude total final material. <laughs> this dude see, was no boss. <laughs> yeah, see, that's one thing I liked about uh, Mortal Kombat. Like, Sub Zero, along with Kano, I want to say Sub Zero pretty much carried this movie the way he was so cold about it. Like, especially when he fought Jax. I was like, damn, bro. That trailer was like everything on that man. Like when they and then seeing it, like just seeing in the movie, I was like, I felt that. Like me and my wife watched it, we felt that. Like we was like, damn, we saw it in the movie, but like, oh, that hurt. Oh, oh, that looks painful. (laughs) And he just got done dirty at the end. It's like, okay, as soon we just gonna go ahead, freeze his arms off, just rip him off and then just yes. kind of kick him off and then his body like bro he, he couldn't even land or fall down properly like he had to um fall down on his face and shit and i was like god jesus i feel bad for the man i mean yeah he got the metal arms now but i felt so bad for that man at the moment oh, wait, I was like, wait, Damn, wait. you didn't have to do him like that I, I need to mention about these metal arms these metal arms made me upset they piss me off. Go ahead. They piss me off with these metal arms because to to go ahead and start off with this little skinny skeleton thing, and then all of a sudden he awakens his mark, he awakens his power, and now he has these bio epic arms and stuff out of nowhere. No, no, no. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> oh my mark. Make my arms biomechanical. What? That is that what came inside you? That was what was in your soul? Was this biomechanics? Were you supposed to turn to Triborg originally, but now all of a sudden, because you got your arms snapped, now the only thing you can do is just make mechanical arms because that's the only thing you can focus on. Like what, what was supposed <laughs> to happen? Was he supposed to be like Cole, except like man with the iron fist? What was it? Um dang, I can't yeah, I, I think y'all seen the movie, but y'all remember yeah, yeah. 
um, I cannot remember the actor's name, but the big guy, big bald guy, um, where he was able to turn to full iron dude and shit like that. Was that what some jacks was supposed to happen? But again, because he lost his arms, this is all he got limited to, or was it the whole time? Oh yeah, he was just gonna get these biomass arms. What? What? Yeah, yeah that felt like an ass pull to me. Like same thing with Cole. Now that you brought it up, because think about it, Cole was was an MMA fighter who can barely cut it for two hundred dollars, and then all of a sudden he becomes this bad mix of Colossus from X Men and Hibari from Reborn. You know, with the whole Tonfa thing, and right. he takes down Goro just like that. How the shit? I thought maybe it was supposed to be a, re- and I honestly, when I thought saw it, I thought it was supposed to be a reference to Tanya, because you know, for those of you who are who have who have played Mortal Kombat 10 or even just played some of the previous Mortal Kombat games like Deception and Deadly Alliance, Tanya was an Adenian who wound up kind of just doing for herself. You know, she she became kind of a mercenary and stuff like that. She's not mentioned too much in the series, but she's still a very good fighter. But yes. she had these twin tonfas that she has and she can also connect them together like Jade and fight with the staff or she can keep them separate but she also could put a blade on it to where she was able to cut so I thought that was supposed to be a reference to Tanya considering the fact that he turned golden like his armor was golden or something like that Mm -hmm. that was the only way I could make it feel better otherwise I was like I am so confused because at first I was thinking oh he turned golden oh he's able to morph weapons I'm like, he could just make weapons out of nowhere. That's pretty epic. Maybe this dude is not as no a bitch that we think about. He might be badass. Let's see what happens. No, I only can make these tonfas. Okay, now you <laughs> Okay, not that badass. But still, though, it's like, it just felt like it just came out of nowhere. Well, not really, but like, oh, how can I put this? Because the way they set this dude up is like, I was under the impression that this dude was just for expedition um, in the story. Like, this is the dude that's like, okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Y'all need to explain this shit to me. And then you have uh, Sonya Blade and Kano and everybody trying to explain um, the world building all that. That's the, probably the only reason he was there in the first place, just to help, uh, just get, have an excuse to explain everything. But up until, okay, he got his powers now. Okay, he's not that useless, but bruh, I'm still looking at the same man who felt like uh, when they were about to get attacked by um, Reptile, dude had a fucking wrench so in his that hand, like that's going to do something. Yeah. That that was Reptile? I thought that yeah. was just some type of... No, I didn't want to think that that was Reptile. No, that was 100% Reptile. I am just... Reptile was supposed to be designed yeah. as well, because like in the games, obviously, yes, he is a physical Reptile, but he has this whole, like, fucking uniform, like how Scorpion and uh, Sub-Zero do. Even Smoke. Hey, even you said yourself they had to change some things up. <laughs> but, like, that's... <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna throw in a TFS reference in here, and I know you'll get this. <laughs> oh, hurt. God. But okay, it's, so, hit. it's so cool. But it's so dumb. But it's so cool. <laughs> but it's so dumb. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it was like it's like that's the best way to put Mortal Kombat. Like it was kind of cool, but it's so dumb at the same time. I was like, "Bruh, what is this?" Like I can't believe Kano of all people was carrying this movie with the comedy and shit. Like, 
God. Like, it was like <clears throat> Actually, no, I will say this is how I was able to really understand why I didn't get my hopes up too much into this. Many people forget. I, I was just I found this very funny that a lot of people forget this. Mortal Kombat is owned by Warner Brothers. Mm. Warner Brothers are the same people who brought you Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. They're the same group that's responsible for these movies that we trash so heavily. <laughs> so I want y'all to keep that in mind. This is, so this is why I didn't have extremely high hopes on this one because of that aspect. But they also kept doing the same thing where they reused a lot of the same stuff. But I will say Kano did better than Boomerang than, than Captain Boomerang did in Suicide Squad. Because he was supposed to be the comedic genius in the Suicide Squad movie. But everyone was like, we could have done without him. He could have died early on and we would have not cared. Why is he here? (laughs) Bruh. Okay, I thought it was going to be Thunder Force, but I have to admit, Mortal Kombat is now my Wonder Woman 1984. Well, you guys liked it but hated it that much. Okay, it's so, kind of like that. I'm sorry. No, so if I may, because I finally got to see Mortal Kombat, right? Um, right. And obviously I wasn't here for the last episode, which I apologize for. But um, no, okay, so I personally, I like the movie. Don't hate on well, me. Hold on. That doesn't sound convincing at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I like the movie. Oh, I don't know. It's not. It's not like a bad movie, but it's not a good movie. Okay, like I've seen way better movies. Let's be clear. Like Way of the House Husband was better. Yeah, but you also really love Way of the House Husband, so we can't really like do a comparison into that one. So, (laughs) I mean, Way of the House Husband was more enjoyable than that like it was easier to enjoy it but Mortal Kombat it was kind of hard to look at half the time I'll be honest the CGI threw me off at the beginning but then I, I wasn't yes. that part wasn't upset about the CGI because if like you know I want you know I dove I dove into this so before the when they first announced the movie like when they first announced that they were going to make a Mortal Kombat movie back in 2019 a lot of people did not hype it. A lot of people was not prepared for it because Armageddon sucked. <clears throat> <laughs> Armageddon was trash. It is still, no matter what, if you ever watch any type of YouTube video or any type of article and they talk about, oh, it's probably one of the worst movies you've ever seen, um, aside from Avatar being on there <laughs> and, of course, Dragon Ball Evolution, uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon is one of those ones that's like, why did you even try this? <laughs> This was garbage. The first one was decent. I liked the first one a little bit. You know, I was able to go back and watch it a second time. I could do that. But Armageddon, I never finished it. I I literally still have not finished the movie because I can barely make it halfway through. And I'm like, all of this just sounds like total garbage. The acting is garbage. The CGI is worse than the first movie, which why? How? This is years later. This should be better. But it's worse than the first movie. And like, come on. So... And then on top of that, they had the internet series Mortal Kombat um, Legacies, where I was hyped for it because I thought, you know, Michael Jai White was going to be Jax. I was excited about this. I was not excited about how they did Baraka, but that's a story for another time. But 
they did not get a lot of support. So it was like, okay, it was not going to work out that well. Then the first trailer dropped. When the first trailer dropped, people were hyped. They were like, oh, wait, this actually looks good. This Scorpion versus Sub-Zero looks amazing. This is, looks like, and who is Cole? You know, back when we had the hype of, oh, my God, who's Cole supposed to be? He was like, is he Johnny Cage? Is it, who is he? Like, what's going on? Type of stuff. It was doing good for a minute. So they managed to get some type of help. But because of the fact that it was still Warner Brothers, again, who brought us Wonder Woman 1984 and Justice, Dawn of Justice and Justice League, they did not get a whole lot of help to try to help with this. So I'm not surprised that the CGI was kind of faulty because they weren't mm. getting a lot of support. Warner Brothers is still trying to recover from that. This was supposed to be their recovery movie. I don't know. <laughs> ah, but see, that's the thing. It's like, for, for them having to take it from the traditional Mortal Kombat, mm. and them to take it into a new modern aspect, yes, there are some pickups in the movie that I am questionable of, don't get me wrong, that has its tisms and isms, but... I personally think that like the way that they approach the movie in the more modern sense is is good. My opinion, please don't think that I'm like awful for saying that, but I think that out of all of the movies that Warner Brothers has released recently, other than let's say, you know, the fucking um yes, um words things, Justice League. Other than Justice League, uh this is the better movie that they've released recently. You can't lie about that. This is better than Wonder Woman 84. And I it is. It's just yeah. Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I will not shit on that movie. <laughs> but, no, I think that, okay, so let's, let's look at it, like, from, from a game aspect, right? The most recent game that they released was Mortal Kombat 11. Which is beautiful. Work, yes, it was beautiful. Beautifully done. And it has its own story, and it works with the fucking series and everything. And, um, you know, obviously, working with Warner Brothers, they also have the opportunity to bring in, like, you know, like, versus Jason bullshit, which I don't fucking like, but whatever. Um, I think that for taking the game moves and the way that they animated it in the game and took it and made it real life was really well done. Think about how Sub-Zero put his ice form out when he dipped away from fucking Scorpion. Yeah. That was so smooth. So that fucking was. Smooth. Like, there were certain parts where, yes, it was noticeably, like, like, that could have been done better. Like, Jax's arms fucking hated it. Fucking hated that concept. Yeah. But I really, so, really, really liked how they made the moves from the game look so realistic. The finishers look so realistic. When he fucking took his saw blade hat and fucking pushed your goddamn face into the goddamn saw blade. Like, hell yeah. Geez. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. That is the best fatality in the whole movie. That And I, oh. I agree. That is. That's definitely like one of the best fatalities in the movie. Considering the fact the only other fatalities we've seen was Shang Song. 
I, I want to mention this. This is up. This still upsets me. Okay, I did like the writing for Kung Lao in this oh. movie. Like I did, I like Kung Lao in this movie because Kung Lao gets put down a lot in the video game lore. So for him to finally actually have like some good work, you know, being an actual teacher in this and being like a real like, hey, I'm here to help you out. I mean, because at first when he started roasting on Kano, at first I was thinking like, dang, he's just like letting him in on him. But then he was like, no, I'm trying to have him awaken his power. So it's like, oh, wait, I wait, I see what he's doing. I see what he's doing. And then, you know, Kano finally got his lasers and stuff. He's like, yo. And he was like, that's what was up. And it's like, yeah. That's what I was and doing. I'm he like, automatically learned how to use his power randomly. Like, okay, like you didn't have to train to fucking continuously use it. That was confusing. Didn't like that. Exactly. Um, but the way they killed him off is still upset. So anytime Shane Song ever does a soul dream, he can never do it to someone who is in full power. Literally, Kung Lao specifically announced flawless victory because he beat Natara so easily. You know, just took a moment. He predicted where she was coming and in the immediate swoop, straight up, like guided her straight to his blade. That was it. Done. Yeah. Shang Tsung comes up, grabs him. All right, time to slap his soul. Wait. Why couldn't you fight this? Wait, why couldn't you, like, bring your head, toss your head out? Why wouldn't you What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, like we'll fight back. Why are you just standing here? Like, fight back. Fight back. Like, what's what's going on? What what's happening? Yeah, like why wasn't anyone just like take a fucking like I don't know the fucking fist and just like choke him or only, something, you know, like distract him, pull his arms down, something, anything. Right. The only person that tried to come help him was Liu Kang. Of course, Liu Kang had to fight, you know, Cabal and stuff, so obviously he wasn't really able to do it. So right. I mean And Cabal wasn't even supposed to show up until like more come at three, so this whole movie was definitely a mess when it comes to introducing their characters, especially when they didn't even they introduced Melina before Katana. That's that's weird to me. That, that was disrespectful. That was disrespectful because everyone agrees you can't introduce a clone and not introduce the real. Like, come on, what's up with that? And then oh, I would say she's gonna be in the next movie. Like, obviously, her fam was in the back, and Nightwolf is gonna be coming back. <gasps> as well. well, if she got killed before then. I mean, she there's a possibility. The, um, like she might be working with what's his fucking face, like how they did in the game eleven. Um, fucking Shang Tsung, whatever the fuck. Shang Tsung, no, no, no. Like she was. Yeah. In oh yeah. Can I talk about if that guy real quick? Technically speaking, she started working like in in the afterlife. She became a zombie in the aspect. Let me talk about Shang uh, real quick. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I like how. Like he's most noticeable for being that your soul is mine, and I kind of, I kind of um, ooze that kind of vibe too. But in this movie, it's like this dude kind of took that, and it's almost like he almost said it every fucking time. Like not like in the very beginning, but it's almost like he kind of made that whole line kind of tired out and kind of deviate from it. I was like, okay, we get it, bro. We get it. You like souls. We get it. But, uh, Jeremy, you got about 27 minutes, so let's go ahead and try to move things along with the topics. Like, uh, we kind of spent kind of good minutes on Yeah. Um, I got to talk about in this movie, but yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. How are y'all feeling about that one? I loved it. I cried. I straight cried like three times during that fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I'm not even because I haven't, haven't seen the full thing. Um, but I, I, I still want to talk about what I did have a chance of watching. So okay. I have no problem with that one. But because um, unfortunately, the clip that I found, because, you know, I still can't go out to theaters right now. But the clip that I found, fortunately, YouTube found it and uh, definitely had made very quick work to shut it down. It was like, no. Yes. OK. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't get a chance to even watch half the movie. But, you know, it's cool. It's cool. But I will say is definitely first thing I want to mention is, of course, that's got to be the animation. The animation, I, I'm i be honest, I'm not like the hugest fan of the regular Demon Slayer anime. I'm, I'm just being honest, I'm not. It's a lot of, to me, it's a lot of cliche. It's okay. not too much original for me. Like, I, I still like how they were able to put it together. They put it together, it makes it work. It's just, it's not as original to me as they want to try to make it. Like, they're trying to make it original, it's just not. And it, if it's not, it's not, that's fine. It's just... Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just not the biggest fan into it, but I love the animation. Yeah, like um, like certain shows and movies, it doesn't have to be necessarily original, but more like it gotta work though. Um, but what's an example that I had? Uh, but oh well. Anyways, um, Demon Slayer Mugen Train. I thought okay. They got on the train. They're trying to investigate what's going on. Uh, next thing you know, everybody's pretty much knocked out in dreamland. They have their own uh, respective dream. And then you have Nezuko who tries to wake up. Like I believe she was just in the box the whole time. And she didn't really come out until like she was really needed. So she... Got, that she was needed. Yeah. Like she, she got, got the box... <laughs> she got out of the box she helped Tanjiro and everybody else um, wake up and all that they chased down the conductor I believe uh, was the big bad villain um, and Rengoku he gets up he fights <laughs> the villain um, he wins but then this other dude uh, Akaza shows up out of nowhere and or uh, upper three yeah and they have this fight and well you know how it went uh let's just say jeremy with demon slayer it's pretty much like alchemy got kill game of thrones walking dead nobody's safe in this show nobody <laughs> I, feel so well done. I feel that i feel that yeah like, I was like, Red Goku, why? <laughs> Not the bro. Literally had the Inosuke moment during that moment. I felt like Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I was like, I'm in <laughs> denial. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. As soon as he, no, I'm, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. He's going to just show up in season two. No, like, nothing happened. Like, we just going to pretend movie trade didn't happen. But no, Mugen Train is a direct sequel. So when y'all come back for season two, Rengoku's not there. And I was like, no, what happened to Rengoku? I was like, did you see Mugen Train? I was like, no. And I was like, watch Mugen Train. And they watch it. And I was like, ah! You'll have to see this. 
Yeah, you have to see this movie. If you can't skip Mugen Train if you're trying to watch season two. I will say I do like that anime is doing this now, where they're having movies as like to continuation for the story. Like I will like say, Broly. huh? Like DBZ oh, Broly, like, Dragon Ball Super Broly. My bad. Yeah, yeah, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Um, like that that itself, I like that they're doing that because you know obviously before there's always this thing with anime where it's like you know the movie is either a prequel series and it may or may not be accurate or something that could have happened in the series but in a different timeline or something like that and it's like okay i mean the movie's all great and all but if it's not pertaining to the actual show series why why am i watching it like at this point is just filler like you know come on yeah it's filler it's, like and it's not necessary but no this one isn't yeah. a filler in the slightest this one's like straight do the thing watch the movie yeah. or otherwise you'll be very confused <laughs> i bet yeah, I want to say you're going to be slightly confused because, like, the only big difference based on what I saw was that, okay, an upper demon has been introduced and Rengoku dies. So, basically, uh, y'all have the Demon Slayer corpse going to have bigger fish to fry. It's like if a Hashira had a hard time fighting an upper demon, just... Imagine how, how much training and bullshit. Yeah, imagine how much bullshit training you had to do in order to even come close to Rengoku's skill to fight a demon like that. Yeah, because Rengoku is not a pushover. I mean, that's oh no, that's, he's not. It's not just from the trailer I've seen, but even from the manga, like you know, he's not a pushover. Like he's he's definitely he's real deal. Like he's in that top season. <laughs> Bruh. I can never hear the words delicious or tasty the same ever again. <laughs> because you because um uh, very beginning, like as soon as you um first see him, it's like every time he takes a bite, he's like either well, it really depends on if you watch the sub or the dubbed. I watched it subbed and it was delicious. Um and dubbed, I believe it was tasty. But either way, it was like every time you took a bite, he was like delicious. Delicious. That's Delicious. me when I eat any food. And it's like, at first, I thought it was annoying. But from now on, if I ever watch Mugen Train again, and people are like, why the fuck he keeps saying delicious? I'm like, shut up. Let him have this. <laughs> Let him have this. I love this movie. And, and if we had to compare it in the aspect of the box office when Spirited Away came out, it wins. Yeah, I mean, like statistically speaking, it it won, but details like in the very opening scene, the fucking trees, the fucking trees. How do you make trees look that fucking beautiful in a goddamn anime? Oh yeah, oh, like, no, like like Spirited Away never had that. Well, keep and, in mind when Spirited Away also came out, but I understand what you mean on that. Definitely, right? No, of course, and I. Dude, Spirit Away is one of my favorite movies. It will always have the respect that it deserves. Don't get me wrong. However, again, like comparing it to the other one, I mean, like it's just it's just so pretty. It's so it's so flawless. And in the fighting scenes, when it hits those like details, it's so smooth. Oh yeah. It's so oh, yeah. smooth. Oh my god. 
I will but say yeah. that's a baby's ass. <laughs> yeah. Like Demon Slayer in general has definitely some of the best animated fighting scenes in a lot of modern anime. Like a lot of modern anime has a thing where it kind of does like the quick fast motion glitching <clears throat> that they try to copy from the original Dragon Ball um and Dragon Ball Z. But of course, you know, you can't you can't top Dragon Ball. You know, that that anime, that guy, <laughs> he, that that's just what he does. He's good at that. So, you know, this, they obviously hire him. Oh, Toyotaro? Yeah. Yeah. But to but I will say, like, Demon Slayer, to have its own, it does. Like, those fight scenes are worth it. I may not, like, fall in love with this. I may not fall in love with the story and the characters all like that. But that fight, those fight scenes make it worth it to me. When those fight scenes happen, I am engrossed. I'm watching. Like, if I got to pause it to do something, I'm coming back. Like, I'm pausing it. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> well, hurry this up. I got to come back and finish this fight scene. I need to see how this ends. I need to see what's going to happen. <laughs> like... <laughs> All right, that was Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Definitely watch it in theaters. And we're going to have to keep moving on because, Jeremy, you got about 17 minutes left, 18 minutes. Um, WandaVision. Ooh. How y'all feeling about WandaVision? I love it. That's Still haven't <laughs> Okay, no, no, it's all cool. Uh, this time, uh, we'll just kind of carry this um, part of this uh, segment uh one division like bruh okay i wasn't trying to expect too much wild shit going on because based on the original vibe in fact a lot of people wanted to sleep on one division i was like no 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 watch it because you're gonna see some shit to where you're gonna be like what uh okay obviously starts are like kind of like a sitcom type thing going on but then it has this creepy moments where you're just like, what the hell is going on? Like, uh, like the dinner table, the di- the dinner party, and uh, the whole outing with the uh, radio, and sometimes they'll have ads inserted into in between. But in reality, um, those ads serve as kind of like a core memory of Wanda. Like with the Strucker watch, that was based on the dude Strucker who experimented on. Her and um, Pietro, uh, the Stark toaster. Um, it was like it was this blinking light, Stark. and it's like, uh, yeah, it's like Tony Stark's wet his um his missile that was a dud and didn't like kill and like they, like it just didn't go off, which made sense specifically. Like the toaster was delayed. Like you know they sat mm-hmm. there, they looked the toaster, and then they looked at it. It's like, is it gonna off and then ding it finally came off it's like and there you go perfect toasty's time and i was like see man that was such a beautiful like they had such beautiful references in those commercials i will say that threw me because first time i watched them i was trying to get the reference i tried to get the reference i'm like i feel like i know this but i don't and it's frustrating me and oh my god i can't wait to get to these further episodes so i can put it all together and then i think even my father-in-law said it when you watch the final two episodes it Mm -hmm. connects every little detail from beginning to end it does like it is it is the perfect time together yeah like straight up because when you first watch it you think it's like okay what's going on and one of the things i also liked about it too is the gross the the growing time of the movie when you watch the first episode it's like 28 minutes long like a simple 30 minute show whatever and then the next episode is like 38 minutes then 40 something minutes then about 50 minutes and then it stays there 
like once you get once you've gotten to that point of where okay stuff is really starting to happen now you have old hour longs but otherwise they kept it within those tv segments because it was like a little tv and then they explained why she had life like a tv like it was all those little details yeah cool i highly recommend to watch it because when you first watch it yeah, like, I mean, when you first start into it, it's going to seem boring and lame. It's going to start off boring and lame. But it, when you actually go back, because I had, like I said, I had to go back and rewatch it after I finally got those tie-ins on the last two episodes. I went back and watched episodes one through four again. I had to go back. I was like, hold on. I think I finally get all these references. I go back to one through four and I'm like, oh my God, it was right here in my face. <laughs> it was right here in my face. Oh, how did I miss this? <laughs> oh yeah. Like see, Koa, like when you see these um ads and whatnot, like you're thinking, what the hell's going on? Um why is it why is it executed like this? And it's like basically whenever it gets like really weird. That's like their way of saying, uh, okay, she's remembering something that she's been trying to repress. Again, going back to the dinner party to where, you know, the lady was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And then the dude was just choking and whatnot. And it sounded like a light bulb um, broke. That was her remembering how Vision died in uh, Infinity War. Right. Like, she was knocked out, though. She was knocked yeah. out, so she couldn't see the events. So she basically recalled that memory. People, told. yeah, based on sound, yeah, based off sound and whatnot. And she, the light bulb representing the um, soul stone being ripped out or shattered, to a point mm-hmm. where, yeah, yeah, even, like the moment when the lady kept saying, "Stop it! Stop it!" stop it, and then like the tears streaming down. At first, she was like, "Okay," I was trying to figure. I'm like, "Yo, what's going on?" Like, is she crying? Is something going on? And I was like, no, she has to be controlled. And I don't want to spoil it, but like, obviously, yeah, there was some type of controlling. There's a lot of different theories and lures into it, but when you find out what was really going on, you're going to be like, wow. You're going to be like, I expected this, but I didn't expect that. Wow. <laughs> type of thing. And her crying, that was that was real. That was yeah. real. That was real. This woman was really in tears. <laughs> And when you understand why, when they explain later on, when you have other characters start having moments of breakdowns and stuff, and they're like, I'm in so much pain. I'm in so much pain. It won't stop. I'm constantly in pain. And you're like, yo, what's going on? What's happening, man? Why? I need to know. Like, I know this, but I need to know. And the funniest part is, WandaVision has a villain, but the villain that you see isn't the real villain. No. Okay. Is it Thanos? Thanos Yeah, like, the true villain, believe it or not, is grief. Like, the five stages of grief. That's the true villain. Because she has to process losing vision and the five stages, you know, like, uh, depression, bargaining, all that. You're gonna see that. You're gonna see the five stages as it goes along. Like, Another thing I do like is not only did they do those uh, references to our memory, but also for like almost just about every episode, it's like a different decade. Like 
It was yep. the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, mm-hmm. the 80s, the 90s, to a point where they just did a modern family reference. Yep. It, it really? That's fucking yeah. That's like really first, cool. <laughs> first episode literally just yeah, starts off in like the 50s. Then like second episode goes to the 60s and 70s. Then like the third episode, the 80s and 90s. And then it goes, to, yeah, like it, it literally progresses. And you're, and it did such a beautiful job because when you watch like the first episode, even though there's a bunch of Marvel references and stuff in there, when you're watching the show, it feels like you were watching I Love Lucy. Yeah. That's- and you know what the funny part about all of that? The main reason why that was happening was because when Wanda was little, she would watch I Love Lucy and all that shit on on TV when, you know, life kind of sucked. So she pretty much had TV as an escape from reality. So she needed a escape from reality by making the hex that pretty much kidnapped everybody in Westview into this sitcom of her own design so she can yeah. escape reality. Mm-hmm. And she had to make it real. Yeah, and it was yeah, amazing. It very convincing. Like even how they did for the first movie, because like not first movie, sorry, first episode. How I loved like like I said, it feels like an actual like sixties, like actual 50s, 60s sitcom. When they never like you know there was very few things that happened outside the house. Everything was inside the house. Yeah, you know you had him at work, but you know it seemed like it was a movie set, like props type of thing like they set it up like it was like props but we know marvel marvel's not really a props thing they go out they go out into actual cities and they film there that's why stuff looks realistic because they're using real stuff unlike dc again discussion for another time but (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is it's like it still it feels like that like it's very limited but as the episodes progress you're seeing more and more of east like you're seeing more and more of this whole of this city as it becomes more realistic, because as sitcoms got better, they were able to record more in like real life scenarios. They were able to record more in different areas, and it's like, yo, this is beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, beautifully done. And I will say, I know that I don't have too much time, so I want to make probably this is my final point. My biggest happiness that I had for Wandavision was when they actually delved into Wanda's powers. When they finally really explained it out, because they didn't explain it too much in the movies. The way the movies kind of seemed like she got her powers from the Mind Stone. But you're finding I, out that yeah, no, that's what I understood. No, no. They kept it similar to the to the comics. Wanda had always had these powers. These powers were in her all the time. She's a mutant. That never changed. She was oh, always oh, mutant. She so always had these powers. The experimentation made her power stronger jumpstart if you will yeah they brought out what was already there so when they actually went through this explanation of her powers i will put it in this as in this true aspect here if marvel's avengers tries to bring in another big bad they're gonna have to bring in either the phoenix force or galactus because yeah two those two gods of destruction literal marvel gods of destruction are the only things that could rival Wanda's true power. Or Mephesto. You know, Mephesto, too, of course. <laughs> yeah, because they were trying to say Mephesto was going to show up in WandaVision. They're trying to elude the fact that Galactus might be the big bad as far as Phase 4 or onward. Like, uh, because, you know, 
Thanos was the big bad as far as phase three, or at least building up to the Infinity Saga. So um, this might be like, okay, uh, keep in mind, this phase four and onward is no longer about the Infinity Stones. It's about, like, uh, it was something. Uh, it was like, it's about people now. Uh, it's going to be like six, seven different people where they're going to be like the main focus this point of the MCU and Wanda is one of them. So like think of I, Wanda like one of the living representations of like I forgot the um, term for it but um basically she's going to be like a key player from now on as far mm-hmm. as what's going going down phase 4 and onward. And uh speaking of which I know Jeremy you're uh, pressed for time but uh, let me try to squeeze this in in the next 6 minutes. How do you feel about Falcon and Soldier? Man, Falcon Winter Soldier was beautiful. I like the fact that, and um, I agree with a lot of people into this, they definitely did well with sticking to Falcon's origins and his his coming to terms with it. Because a lot of people, if you never really read Falcon, like Captain America Falcon, if you never read those comic books when Falcon like started donning the actual mantle, he didn't take uh-huh. it at first. He did not take it at first. He was nervous. He was like, he does. He's just like how he said in the movie, like in in, in game. He's like, it feels like it's someone else's. And, you know, he told me, said it's not. But he still felt that he had to come to terms with that. It had to go to the fact that the shield goes to somebody else, goes to someone who has absolutely no idea what it means to truly be Captain America. Person who has absolutely no idea what it means to be that hero of legacy that hero that people can stand to that hero that does the right thing no matter what mm-hmm. because captain america has gone against the government several times multiple times because in the end he's like i'm going to always do the right thing to captain america yep. it was never a oh we need to choose the lesser of two evils he said no if they're both evil we are going to do neither we're going to do the good thing yep. and we're going to make it work and that's how captain america always was and it finally took that point to where Steve saw that. He saw that in his guy. And so when Falcon finally dons that mantle, when he has that speech, when he gets that speech with his own, um, with Eliza, mm-hmm. oh my God, with Elijah, that was, man, that tugged in my Isaiah. heart. Isaiah, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that tugged in my heart. See, look, that's how, that's how much it tugged in my heart. I, I'm mixing up names. I'm already bad with names. But no, no, you good. <laughs> like it it was beautiful it was beautiful and then what i also loved about it too is the fact that it didn't focus only on falcon we saw bucky mm-hmm. moving forward we saw bucky trying to come to terms bucky coming to terms with if you i don't know for y'all who ever like i know y'all seen it well i think i think you've seen it koa too when bucky was first introduced when captain america uh-huh. was a soldier you know the main bad guy that reenacted bucky the main bad guy that brought him back to see oh, that Zemo. closure, yeah, to see that closure between Zemo and Bucky, I didn't expect it, but I loved it all the same. Bruh, like I'm telling Koa, Falcon and Soldier was executed so wonderfully. I was like, yes, yes, this. Yeah. Because let it's, me tell you, it's what we were needing in, in replacement of you know the troops. Yeah. <laughs> Because here's the thing, um, I'm gonna try to make this as quick as possible. With Falcon and Soldier, it was like okay, he didn't want the shield at first until John Walker, aka U.S. Agent, 
uh, showed up to become Captain America with his sidekick, Battlestar. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, I still love it how when Bucky learned um, Battlestar's um, code name, he's like, stop the car, get out, and just dip. Like, he, he, was, he was so done. I was like, if that was me and Sam, I was like, Bucky, bruh, where are you going? I like, and then Bucky's like, turn on, no, nah, I can't do this, bruh. I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> that was, it was so cool. It was, and also one of the things about this too, and this is one of those ones that I'm struggling to remember, but I remember reading it in the comics. There is a big reason, even before this, why it is that Bucky does not like Battlestar, and it's in the comics. I have to go back and read it again. I have to go back and find it. But they they did a great reference into that. The fact that he straight up was like, nope, can't do it. There's a big reference to that in the comments. And there's a reason, there's a real reason why it is he absolutely cannot do it by Battlestar. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> but no, I mean, definitely. Um, I loved it. I loved it. It was beautiful. Um, Cole, watch it. You guys listening, watch it. <laughs> watch WandaVision. <laughs> Winter Soldier. Marvel is doing a fantastic job with their writing, with what they're doing to these movies and these the fact that they're able to go into TV shows and do fantastically. Because I will say, I was a little nervous at first too, because I was upset about what was happening, like to you know, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield was a good show. It just didn't mm-hmm. get a whole lot of hype. It had good writing, just did not get a whole lot of hype. So, you know, it's just it's having its moments of back and forth. Luke Cage. I love that show. Yeah. Oh my God, I love the show. But they just cut it. Like they just straight up just cut it. And they're like, no, we're just not doing it. Why? This was fantastic. It was beautiful. The way Why? they ended it, though, like, mm-mm. I don't, if they ended it just like that, I was like, based off season two, mm-mm. I don't, that would leave a bad taste in my mouth based on what happened. But that's the thing. That wasn't what was supposed to happen. They cut it because they just cut the funding. And they were just like, no, we're just not going to do it. So end it. So that was oh, don't tell me because of like budgeting and whatnot, they just had to phone in that ending because that would that would make it worse. Marvel TV shows was not getting it. Like I told you, Asia Shield was having his moments up and down, and so it was the same. Like Luke Cage wound up suffering from it. Iron Fist suffered from it because Iron Fist, like Iron Fist, had it the worst, bro. Right. So I'm like, come on. Like the the shows are doing okay. Like what's going on? Like the. Marvel's TV shows during phase two, phase three just was not doing well. The movies were fantastic. TV shows were not doing well. They were being shot out by a DC lot by the DC series. Like they'll just be realistic. Uh, I want to say not... Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones yeah. was like lukewarm. Meanwhile, I want to say Daredevil and Punisher was probably right up there. Like it's probably that slight redemption that the defenders needed because Daredevil was all right even though it was like a little back and forth and going on but really uh Daredevil yeah. and Punisher yeah those two shows they were all right but uh Jessica Jones lukewarm Luke Cage was great Iron Fist ooh slow <laughs> and sloppy as hell it took a second I mean once you got further into the season it got better but by the time it got better they cut it but I'm yeah. like, okay, you start off too slow. That, that's that's understandable. So, yeah, it just wasn't doing well. So I understand why people were nervous about watching WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier because those series weren't doing well. You know, they, they were trying to plan them out for like two, three seasons type of thing. Then they said, F it. We're just going to do WandaVision <laughs> with the Soldier. We're just going to do one season, short episodes. 
One division has like eight episodes. Falcon Winter Soldier has six. So like that's all we're gonna do. We're not gonna do nothing more. We're just gonna do this to give some leeway of understanding what's gonna happen to the next movies that we're gonna produce out. But then the seasons did so fantastic. Like yo, do this again in another season. Continue it going. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> You say stop trying to drag stuff out. Get to the point like you did here. We love it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Like, but yeah, like you said, bro. Like it's phase two, phase three, when they did Marvel TV. No, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh I feel like it's missing something, but it's almost like when they start doing phase four, it's almost like they took that movie magic that we're familiar with and they added that on. Uh, yeah. To where it feels like, yeah, even though they're like six, eight episodes, it feels like one long movie that felt like it took a, it took like a month and a half or so to come full circle. And I was like, okay, I feel a little satisfied because like you you get a little bit of it bit by bit, and you kind of like stew on because what um these shows do best is every time there's the end of the episode, it's always some cliffhanger. That got you wondering, yo, what's gonna happen? Just like with Falcon and Soldier, when um when Battlestar got killed, um I'm sorry, spoilers. Um uh, Battlestar got killed. Uh I was like, fuck at this point. Uh Battlestar got killed. Uh US agent tries to go after some guy who uh he thought killed Battlestar, but um he was like, No, I didn't do it, bro. I didn't do it, but he was like U.S. agent, he wasn't hearing that shit, so he just took that shield and just started killing it, dude. I was like, bruh, there was never blood on the shield. What are you doing? Exactly. And then he got discharged immediately after that shit. I was like, no, 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 no. Even Steve, Steve would never have done that. Never right. done that. See, this is why I'm back here thinking, leave Steve alone. He knew what he was doing. He passed it on to who he knew he needed to pass it on to. He passed it on to the right person. Don't do that, man. Come on, y'all. Y'all screwing up. U.S. government screwing up. Y'all ages doing shields doing too much. Sword doing too much. Y'all making Steve um <laughs> writhing his own um, coffin or wherever you, you got going on. They didn't really fully explain if he died or not, but wherever Captain America is, wherever Steve Rogers is, he is rolling in pain. The way y'all did that, I'm like, bruh, why would you give? Like, I understand Sam's confliction taking the shield but bruh not just anybody can hold that thing mm -hmm. but hey i do got to get ready to go but i want to leave it in this aspect here um guys watch marvel it's fantastic but hey love yourselves continue to do right uh as far as i will say one of the things that i really really still love like you said they brought in that movie magic those cliffhangers and stuff mm -hmm. just to go ahead and get hyped up for the next episode with guys invincible so i finally got a chance to sit down and watch the first episode irvin <laughs> <laughs> yeah gabe and i are it's wild isn't it pretty soon first episode we sitting here like oh, da, 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 da. oh okay okay oh then you got like, real wild at the end did it yeah and then all of a sudden that last segment me and my wife was like yo what the fuck did we just <laughs> 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 you was like, I did not see this coming. So you yeah, like Homelander all over uh, again. 
Exactly. Guys, look out for the next episode where we get a chance to talk about season one of Invincible because, oh, my God, there's we got some shit to talk about. But, hey, <laughs> I love y'all, <laughs> and I'll go ahead and talk to y'all later. <laughs> okay, Thanks for coming I'll talk on to the you show, later, man. Buddy. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, Koa, <laughs> Let me yeah, tell you. But I do have the ability to watch it, so I'm not necessarily out of it. Cool, cool. But, yo, <laughs> Invincible. It's like so- some wild so- shit every episode, I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's just constant, like, why? What? <laughs> essentially, essentially, but at least with the pacing, it's gonna be very well paced because it's almost like it's almost like everybody's not really a dummy when it comes to this show. So season one, you're gonna feel like, wow, the pacing—they don't—they weren't fucking around. Like they—they're staying on it, like for real. Right. Uh, but yeah. Tomorrow, I mean, not tomorrow's episode, uh, the next episode will be Invincible, The Boys, and Yasuke that just came out today. Uh, definitely tune in for that, listeners. Um, aside from that, I do believe we have some miscellaneous announcements. Uh, Koa, uh, some developments on Genshin Impact and Apex Legends? Yes, Genshin Impact has finally released their uh, 1.5 update. And currently in the pool for characters to collect, you can collect our newest hero. It's going to be Yanfei. She is a Fire Catalyst user, similar to Klee, but um, I think she's better than Klee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have, of course, Zhongli. Um, Zhongli is as the community calls him the Geo Daddy, and um, and they also release with this update. Um, there's a new domain that has been released with two new artifact sets. Um, they also have um, in the pool for weapons right now. They've got Geo weapons that are specifically for like I want to say um, Ning Wong and also. Um, of course, Zhongli, because he's the face of the banner. Um, <laughs> and then you can still go and create your, you know, Sims Impact world where you create your house and decorate it and go and farm for materials and stuff. It's cool. It's cute. I like it. Um, so that's 1.5. And then Apex will be doing their... Today is Thursday, correct? Mm-hmm. Next week, next week on Tuesday is when season, are we on season eight or nine right now? Oh my God. I I'm think we're just still now eight. Yeah. Okay. So season nine, um, we're getting, of course, as I mentioned before, Valkyrie. Um, and today they've officially released her abilities, which is, um, of course, she's going to be, her tactile is going to be missiles. She shoots out like twelve missiles in a in a rectangular pattern on the map mm. that deals damage, similar to Far. Um, her passive is that she has the ability to fly with her jetpack, so she can take to the skies pretty easily. And then okay. her ultimate ability is going to be she gives her and her teammates 
a jump pad, basically, where they all shoot straight up into the sky like a jump tower and fly down wherever they want to. So it's more effective than the combination of Horizon and Octane. Hmm. Because you can, you can literally fly anywhere, like within reach on the map. It takes you the same distance up as um, a jump tower. Okay, okay. But, and, yeah, um, okay. that's that's Apex. That's, well, that's Valkyrie. Um, in the next season, they're going to be, as I have already mentioned, the compact bow or the, you know, whatever the fucking tactile bow that they're adding into the game, which I'm super excited for. I'm going to try that out for sure. And then they are not just bringing back World's Edge in an updated version of Olympus, but King's Canyon will still be there. So we've got all three maps in the pool with updates on them. Um, new legend, new gun, or gun, new weapon, rather. And uh, new hop-ups for this weapon that, that will also be compatible for the 3030 repeater, which was introduced this season. So let's see how that shit fucking goes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anxious. All right. All right. Now... I would say that I want to update some people on games like Overwatch, maybe Warzone or whatnot, but honestly, I'm just going to get back to y'all on that on the next episode because I know some uh, more developments did come out, but uh, that'll probably just find a way until the next episode. Um, I'm actually good. Like, uh, I got through the main topics I've got through, so I'm good. Koa, um, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, I do not. I guess the only closing remark that I would have is go see all of the things that we've all been discussing this episode. Mugen Train, Mortal Kombat. Let us know what your opinions on these things are because, like, obviously, we've all got really different views on it. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. Like, I liked Mortal Kombat. Y'all didn't. That's cool. I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I think that I think that we've got a lot of potential with all of the content and with movie theaters starting to open back up. I think we've got a lot of potential to get really good content. So if anybody has anything, please make sure you visit on Facebook over the Zealots of Nerd Entertainment page and our subsidiary zones from there. Right. We do have the Apex Legends zone for people who like to play Apex Legends. We have the Fantasy Club Zone for those who like to play Genshin Impact. The Arcade Zone for people who like to play video games in general. The Television Zone for people who like to watch shows like WandaVision and Falcon and Soldier. And of course, the Cinema Zone for people who love movies such as Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, and Mortal Kombat. That, my friends... We'll conclude today's episode of The Zone Podcast. This has been Jeff Black Extreme and Human C137. And I do thank Kokugasu for joining us for when he was. Stay tuned, my friends, and stay tuned for the next episode.